Hello everyone, this is Stephen Morrow. And I'm Christopher Philippi. And this is The Podcast with Benefits. On this episode, we discuss questions and topics submitted by listeners like you, including submissions from Alana Disney, Ariel Fair, Lindy Beth Steinhilber, Celeste Fair, and Anonymous. So just before we get into it, um, I just want to let the listeners kind of share in on our relationship uh, that you and I have outside of this podcast. And it's a couple days ago, uh, you sent me this really beautiful song that you created. Oh. And it's it's a really good song. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I actually didn't know that you liked it. I did, I did. And I immediately sent you back a little thing I was Googling at the time, which was, why does my nose run when I poop? <laughs> that's that's why I didn't think you liked it, because like there was no comment. <laughs> I transitioned right to the... Yeah, there was literally no comment on the song. It was no. just, why does my nose run when I poop? Yeah, because that's what was on my mind at the time. I mean, I, I, I listened to your song, and I enjoyed it. I actually listened to it earlier, because you had posted it on Facebook. And then you sent it to me, and I, I posted the to, lyrics. I, I listened to it again. Yeah. Um, I posted the lyrics. I'm sorry, I didn't listen to it. Uh, so, anywho's, I just thought that's a good, a good uh, kind of spotlight on on our friendship. <laughs> and just you know, you sent me this beautifully touching, you know, heartfelt song that you created and put time into. And I just googled, "Why does my nose run when I poop?" And I thought I'd send you that snapshot. You know what? Now though, you see, this is a problem. Well, maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's a gift. <laughs> now, whenever my nose runs while I'm shitting, I'm going to think about you. Oh. So, like, you can know that. I, I do. I <laughs> From will. this point on. I will, I will sleep a lot easier tonight with that information. You know what sucks? So, like, whenever I poop, usually I'm, like, kind of, like, elbows on knees, mm. like, just kind of relaxing. Oh, you okay, know? okay. Like, like an armchair. But, yeah, well, you know, you, my, my legs are the arms of the chair. Your initial body position was that of a hunker. And so, like, the audience can't see this, obviously. But, I mean, like, you, you got really aggressive with your shoulders just then. So I was worried. Oh, I was no. like, oh man, you're really, <laughs> really going into that. You're, Bracing like, myself. Yeah, you're, like, squeezing my knee. Crunching, <laughs> yeah. yeah no. no, no, no. No, like, I just, you know, like, legs are the arm mm-hmm. rest. Because yeah. that yeah. doesn't exist in most toilets. But anyways, so, like, just relaxing. But then, you know, you get the nose drippage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it gets on the floor. And you're like, oh, fuck. And then, like, you, you grab some toilet paper, and then you have to wipe the ground. Then it gets on the floor? Yeah, I get some nose drippings on the floor. So you don't feel it before? Not the shit. Not the shit. <laughs> the, I, I'm, the yeah, I'm with you. Nose I'm, I, I, I didn't jump back to the, the butthole. <laughs> but your nose drips, and you it, get, it makes it all the way to the floor. So here's the thing. I do not have viscous snot. It's very runny? It's, yeah. It, okay. It's water. Gotcha. So it's just, a problem. It, as soon as your nose is running, it is just dripping. It's yeah, that's why. That's actually a big reason why spicy food is difficult for me. Hmm. Because it immediately goes into that. 
Gotcha. And so I just make a mess and yeah. I'm embarrassed. Sure. Because, you know, if it's more viscous, you can catch it. Right. You know, right. you can even I'm, like, I'm very suck aware of up. my nose dripping before it ever even exits my nostril. No, I'll, I'll just be talking. I'll <laughs> just. All right. And then I'm like, oh no. Okay. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the show about love, sex, and relationships yeah. uh, and occasional nose drippings. Yeah. So. I think that's a good segue, honestly, is because I, I had to ask the question, why does my nose run when I poop? Uh, and so that's what this show today is about, is uh, we have gotten quite a bit of listener uh, questions and comments, and we would like to share some of them with you uh, on this today on this journey. Now, uh, this is a unique one in that I have not seen the questions. Stephen collected them, and so I'm going in blind. I'm I'm cold. These are just uh, you know genuine responses. And Stephen Stephen hasn't had a lot of time to really kind of come up with answers or anything, but he's he's aware of the the questions. I will be the the sexual curator of tonight's of this evening's entertainment. <laughs> Again, I really thank you all for listening. I can't thank you enough for just sticking with us here. So, uh, yeah, and thank you to all the listeners who submitted questions and topics. Uh, I really appreciate that. Yes, please. Um, yeah, the, honestly, yes. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for reminding me, Stephen. Thank you so much for first off for listening. Secondly, for for taking the time to reach out and trust us with these questions or comments. Um, please keep them coming, uh, and may this encourage those who maybe have thought of a question or have something on their mind. Let this encourage you to reach out. I mean, we can you can be completely anonymous. We can say we can give you a shout out, whatever you'd like. Uh, but but again, thank you so much for your questions. I really appreciate them. Yeah, and please, when you submit things, let us know if you want to remain anonymous, uh, and and or if we can use your name. That way, you know nothing gets it saves a little back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can message us on our Facebook page uh, just by searching the podcast with benefits. Um, you can also message on the More Than Friends Facebook page, or uh, you can email us at bemorethanfriends at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on any of the Podcast with Benefits uh, posts on mtfproductions.com. So lots of different ways you can contact us. Maybe more in the future. Hopefully. Uh, <clears throat> if you have a carrier pigeon, we also accept those. Yep. Uh, no, no other birds, though. Please, just pigeons. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head. In, <laughs> He's very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, in grand disappointment. Did you know pigeons have superstitions? I did not know that. Pigeons have, like, they actually can have superstitions. Like, they'll believe that something is bad luck if, like, the same behavior occurs, followed by bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, birds can actually have superstitions that they pass on to other bird families. It's wild. Just pigeons. Okay, well, I'll, I'll Google that later and we'll discuss. But <laughs> Look into it. It's really I will. interesting. I'm, I, will, I will do that immediately. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so the first topic. Uh, this one is kind of more of a broad thing, uh, but just so that we are both aware of it. Um, this topic will come up in some other user-submitted topics and questions. Um, but Alana Disney has made a request. And she requests that we discuss 
polyamory more on the show. And the reason why is she wants us to help destigmatize polyamory and kind of, um, she said, maybe not normalize it, but just, you know, help people feel more comfortable about it. Absolutely. Um, so, so this is, this is us acknowledging that you want us to acknowledge polyamory more. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on, we'll never discuss it again. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, uh, very much wanted to discuss polyamory. Uh, I've got, uh, a guest kind of lined up in the works uh, to discuss that. So uh, we'll, we'll bump that one up for you, Alana. And uh, thank you so much uh, for your comment. Um, no, I, I very much believe in polyamory. Uh, I, I am polyamorous, uh, not practicing. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not a choice. It's just, it is what it is. It's, I mean, from my experience anyway, um, it's something that you realize throughout your journey. And um, no, I'm very very excited to discuss more of uh, more polyamory and polyamorous questions and lifestyles. So, okay, this is actually a nice little segue because coincidentally, one of the questions submitted by none other than listener Ariel Fair, um, she asked something that is sort of tangentially related to polyamory, but she asked. If all social norms were to be erased tomorrow, do you think people would fall back into today's common customs, such as marriage and monogamy? Or would they... I can't read... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. I was going to actually meant to bring that up earlier. Uh, so I'll start talking about that, and you can go ahead and dig through the question again. Um... God yeah. damn it. Hold it's on. all right. It's okay. You know, uh, we can't be perfect all the time. Speak uh, for yourself. So if... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So if all social norms were just to be wiped away, and the next morning we wake up, and, I mean, there's a lot to unfold and, and unpack with that. Okay, well, hold on. I have the rest of the question. Okay. Okay. There is... Okay, so if all social norms were to be erased tomorrow... Do you think people would fall back into today's common customs, such as marriage and monogamy, or would they choose something different to be the dominant type of relationship, or to be open to all kinds of ways to love each other? So, yeah, it's it like, like you to erase all the norms, you have to pretty much erase like a lot of media, like commercials and advertisements. That are geared towards these preconceptions that you know and mainstream ideas that we already have. We would have to obliterate culture. Pretty much everything, yeah. Honestly, I mean, like because you know a lot of books, <laughs> like uh, so, it's a lot of information to wipe off the, the slate. Um, but I understand your question. I will try to get to the root of it. Essentially, um, if if basically all things being equal and all things being you know normalized and no <clears throat> stigmas on anything. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I think it's going to be an even keel. I mean, there are some folks who just absolutely identify and adapt to polyamory or monogamy. I mean, there's not, you know, there's no, there's no one size fits all for anything. And for centuries, uh, we have existed with certain, certain things that, that, um, Tell us who we should be and what we should be, you know, gender roles and, and the idea of uh, f uh, familial 
life plans of you know like you know you 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 grow up you you get married you have kids what does that look like if there's no if there's no structure no roadmap for that you know the past if you're not trying to imitate what your your ancestors have done um what do you do if you have a completely new path to take and that's a really broad and amazing question thank you so much for that question yeah Uh, thank you ariel Uh, Actually, so I think you bring up a good point, though. We would have to, you mentioned we would have to wipe out so many different things and we would have to go back. Mm -hmm. And so I think the real question then becomes, where did these come from? Like, where do these customs and norms stem from? Um, and yeah, there's there's different norms depending on where you live and, you know, different different cultures, different countries and different things like that. But if we go all the way back, I think, like to like Neanderthal, caveman mm-hmm. uh, type setting, I think the reason why uh, we end up with these sort of like familial settings of like man, woman, sometimes multiple women for one man uh i think it's mostly just because of survival correct and not necessarily because of love in the traditional sense um so so i mean okay all right let's at base emotion yeah i mean like again wiping away all the, the the data it comes down to raw emotions and so first there's that attraction uh you know that between two individuals, whether you're male, female, male, male, female, female, whatever. So there's an attraction and I want to bump uglies. Um, to what? Bump uglies. Really? I really am not. You've never that. heard the term bump uglies? I have never heard the Jesus term bump uglies. Jesus Christ, Stephen. Okay, so you know, to, to, <laughs> wow. to do the dirty, to make, make I, love, yeah, I, okay. to fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To have sex, to copulate. There is a, there's an attraction between <laughs> two individuals. Yes. Reproduce. Right. That's the well, yeah. That's the base Ideally. function. Right. Evolutionarily speaking. Sure. Uh, if it happens to be male female, yes, to reproduce. Anywho's there's that base feeling uh, there. For, for, first off, uh, yeah, just units and people living together for survival purposes. That broader broader sense before we get into the emotion of it, just to survive against the elements and the wild you have to live together you take sleeping shifts get hunt gather etc yeah and when you're in those tight circles you're going to start feeling feelings for people um, and uh, so there's the initial attraction uh, and, and then a, a baby is made now having children myself like that that is a, a love that I have never, that is unequal to anything I've ever felt. It's, um, so that's why people say, like, oh, it'll change your life kind of thing, because it does. Um, so that love and that, that bond I have with my children is stronger than anything else, more so than myself and my spouse. Like, I, I love my spouse, they're my partner, they have my back to the end. Um, but there's this, this strong connection I have with my with my children that I can't, it's un- uncomparable. Do you um, think that that's from society, or do you think that that's like a primal, innate thing? It's a primal thing. Like, okay. it is, like, I look at that child, and it's just, uh, uh, you know, I look at the children, and I, I can't, 
not would you fight a mammoth them, for your child anything i'd fight a bus i'd fight, I, <laughs> I'd fight I, because a bus i'm going to lose so like uh, you know if i would fight something that i'm going to lose against knowing full well that it might give them a few extra seconds to live um so anyhow i i, I talk about that because in the, once you once you have that child, then there's the feelings of love, and and you want to you want to stay connected with that that partner. That I, I can't answer because I don't know whether that's nature or nurture. Like mm-hmm. making the being the, being the male in that equation, uh, I know that my the bond with my spouse and our children is stronger than what I have with my children. Like I it's I, I I'm envious of it. Um, but. Um, you know whether her, uh, them and I, that my my partner and I feel that bond. Um, I don't know. I couldn't say whether that's you know. I mean, I I love my partner absolutely, and 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 ride or die. You know. Would you fight a bus for? Your I would. I I'd I'd push them out of the way of the <laughs> bus. <laughs> <laughs> but they're an adult. <laughs> okay, I guess that's you know, fair. I mean, no, obviously, obviously about... I'm going to protect them, uh, and I would, I yes, I would fight a bus for them. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's I, I feel like in this case, you'd fight the bus together. Like, right, the, right, it's more, yeah, like, yeah, there, there's, I, I can't explain the difference. Like, yes, I'd absolutely fight the bus in both scenarios, but I, if I survived, I'd be a lot more mad at the bus. <laughs> I'd be a lot more mad at my partner than I would at my children. I mean, I'd be mad at the bus. But I'd be yeah, mad at the bus regardless. <laughs> I'd be a lot more mad at my partner, like, why do I have to fight a bus? Whereas my my kids, I'm just like, oh my god, are you okay? Like, yes, I just got hit by a bus, but are you okay? Um. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, that is is completely. I'm 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 way off the track of this the question. Well, I th- I think it's still on base because ultimately this is a question about relationships and love, right? And whether or not that comes from society. Um, and if if we would change that, if our normal societal, I guess, pretext were... Yeah, and I, I, I can't answer, like, it's hard for me to, to answer whether or not that the love that I feel for my partner is, is due to society. I mean, like, I, I love them and I, I want to be with them forever, um, but you know, we, we've, we, we are monogamous. And so, it... Anyways, um, we're getting into the to the the weeds on this one. Like I'm, I'm I'm lost because it's hard to really interpret whether or not it is a big thing. Yeah, like it's it's such a big question because it kind of forces us to kind of think about the whys. Like, why do we feel the way that we do? Why do we act the way that we do? Why do we have these these habits and these customs? And sometimes that can be something kind of scary to think about too. Uh, like that's something it, it, I know that this is a weird kind of connection to make, but being gay, it's something that I wonder for myself because I'm like, okay, sex and sexuality is supposed to have like a biological component, an evolutionary component. And so when you take that away from, from this, mm. Uh, where for me, sexual arousal is not a biological, like, reproductive it's thing. It's imperative, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the same function, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, it's got no end. Right. Um, so, 
so when I trace that back within that context, I'm like, well, fuck, like, why am I like this? Like, would I still be gay without society and without these, these, um, absolutely these, uh, customs and things like that. And, and honestly, this is a weird thing to say, but like, if we take culture out of the equation, Mm -hmm. If we take entertainment out of the equation, mm-hmm. would I be gay in the sense that, like, would I act upon homosexuality, I guess? Yeah, absolutely um, would. Be. I mean, because that's what you're trying... I mean, okay, I, I don't know. I can't speak for well, you. Well, I'm just saying, if I'm a caveman, for right. example, yeah. if I if I go all the way back and I'm mm-hmm. a caveman and mm-hmm. I get aroused when I see a man, am I going to fuck that man or I'm, am I going to just try to survive? Okay, wait, like, I don't but, know. You're, but you're not... Okay, if you're, if you're aroused by the man, you're homosexual. It doesn't matter if you act on it or not. Like, it's... Well, yeah, but I mean, at, so specifically, at the end of this question, Ariel is asking like um, ways to love each other. Like, would we would we uh, change to a different dominant form of loving somebody else? So yeah, I couldn't say case, like, now dominant form. That really comes down to marketing. Like, it comes down to marketing and and. Uh, and sales and advertising. And because, she, did, she did put dominant in quotation marks. Right, because so. honestly, Christianity and major religions have really pushed a, a narrative on us to live a certain way. And so... Make lots of babies. Right, yeah, make, make shit tons of babies and and keep them coming so they can keep giving us money. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a machine. So I couldn't say if there's going to be a dominant force, um, but so circling back to something... It takes a village uh, to raise a child, but also to to be happy. Like if it was, I, I get a satisfaction from doing this podcast with you and our friendship that I don't get elsewhere. Uh, I enjoy having these conversations, so we keep doing it. <laughs> um, and thanks, thanks for doing this with me. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't get that from my partner or my children. You know, it's so it's it's not only does it take a village to raise, take take a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to just have that sense of community and friendship and purpose. Uh, and so, and I, I'm bisexual. Uh, you know, my my partner is my partner, and I love them. Um, but I I've realized uh, and kind of stepped out of that closet of. Being acknowledging the fact that I'm attracted to more than women, so yeah, to to strip it all away, if you were a caveman, yes, you would absolutely still be gay. And so would you act on it? I don't. I don't know. It's it's all situational. Yeah. You know. I mean. I mean, these are all big questions. We yeah. can't really, with 100 percent accuracy, we can't necessarily. No, absolutely answer. not. Absolutely. Because we have to answer them within the context of living within. Yeah. The society that we live in. So to yeah to as far as which one would be dominant, I don't I couldn't say. I mean it's really it's whoever bands together and really gets a marketing program program together and says <laughs> guess, this yeah. is the way. Like you're not really whoever happy. sets the example. Right. Who, yeah. The, you know. I guess the dominant relationship form would be set by whoever is the one who determines the example. So the leader, the king, the pope. The you know right. whoever it is in that society, yeah. Um, but then again, like that's kind of where a lot of social norms and culture comes from. Mm-hmm. Is these sort of like governing or religious structures that 
kind of overlook or oversee a society. So like, I don't know, I'm kind of curious, if we were to remove all of that, would we see a more diverse society or a less diverse society when it comes to like types of relationships and sexuality? It's, this, we can get in the weeds on this for, for days because, I mean, honestly, another thing it comes down to is, is parenting. I mean, if, yeah. you know, like, because if, if you have a, a heterosexual, two heterosexual people who make a baby, they are going to, and if they, if they are completely removed from everything else, they're going to believe that they, whatever children they produce are also going to be heterosexual. That's not necessarily the case. You know, that, that child is, is born the way they're born, they're wired the way they're wired. And so if you remove them, remove all of their options, and it's just this, the two parents and the child, um, they're going to try to teach that child what they know. And sort of subconsciously, probably. It's a very like limited, not even being aware. They have a very limited scope of knowledge. Whereas the, if this child can go out into the world and into the, a.k.a. the village, and learn and experience things for themselves... I think the difference also is, like, in how the parents react or how they respond when they see the thing that's different. Right. And so, right. like, without any other examples, like, I don't think a completely isolated family would respond aggressively to something like that, but I don't know. It's... I mean, right, what we don't understand scares us. I mean, yeah, we fear what we don't understand. And if it's a child's doing something that we did, we did, I didn't do that, uh, and so that's foreign to me, and so I'm going to stop the child from doing that. Whether would we then make the child have sex with the mom? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, because the father would be like, "Well, I did that, right?" So you should. Yeah, but then there's the whole jealousy factor, and that that's another whole caveman. <laughs> this is a deep <laughs> fucking question. It's a good one, uh, and I don't have the fucking education or, or mental capacity to really give it the, the full answer that it needs i think but uh i would love to hear our listeners respond to this question yeah, what that's do you what think I was gonna... would happen if if all social norms were wiped away i like how it's tomorrow like yeah it's literally like know, tomorrow like we know like oh man it's coming i i have t- five hours left to is it like a memory wipe too do we forget i don't know I mean, I think we'd have to. Yeah, in order for it to I work. think a better, not a better question, but a different question that might answer that, uh, or at least... Is if they never arose? Is if, is if every, all, all things were, there was no negative repercussions or negative uh, thoughts about living a certain way. I mean, like, okay, um, transgender... And, and non-binary uh, discussions are... It's wonderful. It's They're on the rise, and they're becoming more and more mainstream, more popular. Um, and it's great that that vocabulary and information is out there. And that's why... It's, it's, if somebody discovers that that is a thing that exists, that then answers questions that they've been asking themselves and haven't had a, a, a information about that. You know, so I mean, like, we need to discuss all these things and not hide them and not, you know, tuck them away because other people have these same fucking questions about themselves and about life. And they're wondering, why am I different? Why am I, you know, what's, why am I not responding the same way as other people are around me? So we just need, we need all the information and there needs to be no negative stigmas on any of it. Yeah. Uh, unless it hurts somebody else, like... Pedophiles are bad. <laughs> Rape is bad. Um, because it's hurting somebody else. Well, even then, though, 
and and you know this is a little bit controversial <laughs> but even then we are given those ethical standards by society so right. we would also have to remove those if there was a way to have like an AI, like an artificial intelligent this is real controversial like this is controversial this is real risky shit like if there was a way for that pedophile to receive their sexual gratification without hurting anybody else then this become okay like if they never yeah. hurt a child that is alive but are able to have sex with little kid robots at what point is it not wrong anymore at what point is it still wrong well i mean you know? even even them, i'm not though. defending pedophilia <laughs> no I said, let me say that right fucking now but it begs the question if we're trying to remove all negative stigmas from all sexual uh, non non normal sexual but not i don't want to say normal uh, divergent yeah see it's so hard because even now we're using the language of the societal norms right that we have right been risen in yeah so yeah, like yeah. it's it it's just it's such a it's such a hard answer to navigate yeah. because there are so many different aspects i'm really curious to hear what our listeners have yeah. to say at a, at a base really curious level, you know anyway yeah but yeah. uh so real fast though ariel did specifically mention marriage and monogamy and so like marriage is like by default religious i think yeah it, yeah so like i feel like that already is out the window sure. i think marriage if we lived in a society where all customs and uh and and social norms were erased i think marriage would just be out the window so you and i both have a polyamorous slant though so it's really hard like i would like to get somebody who's very very monogamous on the yeah. show to share their input because I I want to I want to find somebody who's religious and monogamous. Okay. Just because I feel like uh, that that perspective when it comes to relationships is so opposite, really, of of where I'm coming from mm-hmm. personally. I would love to be able to hear sort of how they view relationships well, not, in that lens you, you know, know what I mean people who are very very religious and monogamous aren't really monogamous because they're in love with their spouse and God I mean that's true <laughs> that's true I guess um, I digress so no I um, yeah I, I think I would like to just hear from somebody who is is hardcore monogamous mm-hmm. and like I don't know it's a uh, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to speak for that for that population because I can't. It's I don't have a. I'm not. Yeah. You know, I don't have a base to go from. Um, but I'm sorry. Back to the question though. We had we, we marriage would probably be gone. Marriage gone. Boom. Um, at least I mean, like people can stay together forever, and they they can. Grow yeah, I still together. think absolutely. I, I still definitely think people are going to partner up and they're going to live together. I have my favorite humans. I have my favorite people that yeah. I like to be around. And I hope that whether they are whether I'm married to them or not, I hope I grow old with them and we have a relationship. You know, it's you make a commitment to uh, somebody when you when you marry them uh, when you're in a, a relationship that you're going to be with them. You know, it's but people who aren't married, they're untethered, so they can go move to Seattle or fucking move to wherever the fuck they want. I don't know why I chose Seattle. Um, <laughs> Interesting choice, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's going on in Seattle in my brain, Chris? <laughs> 
Uh, Isn't that what Space yeah. Needle is? Yeah, I think so. All right. That's it. That's why. <laughs> Just the Space yeah. Needle <laughs> and Rain. <laughs> uh, They're and good gr- music. Grunge music, yeah. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> when you're not married to somebody, you're not tethered to any one particular location. I mean, you have family. Um, or a particular individual. Right. Right. You're not married. Yeah, you're not tethered to anything, you know, again, wiping away all societal norms. But then... We get we get into work. Like, do you have to work to get money? Like, there's so many fucking and like layers how much, to that question. That's actually interesting too, because how much of our relationships and, and sex life is altered because of work? Like, our entire social circles are due to social norms. Like everything. This is a scary question <laughs> because every aspect of our sexual identity and sexual behavior. Uh, arguably is a direct result of social norms. Yeah, okay. I mean, I get what you're saying. Right, it's, we... Or is directly influenced by social norms. Right, because, yeah, like... Every, every choice we've ever made is who we are right now. And so... And also, the way we were raised... And they were, we were raised by our parents who are every choice they've ever made. I feel like I'd be, I'd be in women's clothing right now, but it wouldn't be called women's clothing. It would just be clothing. Clothing, yeah. And that would be fine. Like that would just be a thing. Yeah. I would have sex in a dress. That'd be fun. Oh, it's, it's, it's got some, it's, it feels wonderful. It's, it, there's a nice I feel like, breeze. yeah, the air, yeah. air flow. Circulation. You can just lift up and then enter. It's like, yeah, bicycles that were designed for men versus women, like, there's a bar right there that you're going to crush your nuts. And so, and women have that bar that's lower. doesn't make any fucking sense. Men need the bar that's lower. And just like women wear dresses, we have testicles that hang. Why would we wear pants? It's a uh, bridge. It's fucking... Dividing my nutsack and pushing my cock to one side. It should be the opposite. It should. Be, I should be able to wear. I mean, and I can. It's, wear a dress. I should wear a dress. Let's wear dresses. Okay. Help me find a dress. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I want something kind of like exotic. No, I just want a simple black number. But I kind of want like a like geometric shapes. Sure. Like very like. You do you. Zigzags and triangles. You do you. I'm here angles. for it. Or whatever you want to do. Maybe some orange okay. in there. Some straight black. Yeah. All right. Okay. And that was that was a really interesting. That question. was a deep one, and I <laughs> really don't think we even scratched the surface of it. Um, I'm excited to discuss that one more, and uh, I'd love to have you on the show. Honestly, if you want to come come on uh, to discuss that, that's a great idea, have Ariel. Some back and forth. <laughs> that sounded. I don't know. Come on the show, Ariel. That sounded really aggressive. <laughs> so I don't know that if there's any history there or whatever's going on. Um, but please do uh, keep your questions coming or come on the show so we can have a, a more in-depth discussion about that one. Yeah. But I think I honestly, I, I, unfortunately, we have to table it because there's no end to that question. We could keep going forever with that. I feel like we almost need a uh, like a mediator to kind of direct it. To, yeah, and who better than the person who submitted the question? Right, right. To keep us on, on task because we can go in one direction for miles so we we will table that one for now thank you so much um and yeah please keep keep the comments on that one coming 
Yep. Uh, and if you would like to answer any of these questions, just a reminder, you can submit them on Facebook um, or email us at bemorethanfriends at gmail.com or just comment on mtfproductions.com on any post for the podcast with benefits. And we will see all of it. Yep. All right, so the next one, and this is actually interesting um, because this is also tangentially related. I just feel bad for the ones that aren't interesting. <laughs> They're all interesting. This one's not interesting. I'm going to say that for all of these. You're right, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> just so you yeah. know. They're all qualified. Um, now, this one was sent in by Anonymous. Mm. Uh, not the group, the individual. Okay. Um, so an anonymous individual, uh, they, they just kind of wanted to hear... I guess our advice or our take on a situation. Okay. Um, so they are speaking from the perspective of being a closeted polygamist in a strictly monogamous relationship and rep- repressing themselves because they don't want to risk losing the small bit of happiness that they've worked so hard to keep. Any advice for this individual who is a closeted polygamist um, in a monogamous relationship, uh, so they, I'm assuming, have not told their partner of their polygamy or polygamist leanings. Polyamorous or polygamist? Uh, so they they used the words interchangeably, but the first word that they used was polygamist. Okay. So I'm 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 going to take it with the polyamorous. The main takeaway avenue. is multiple partners. Yeah. They yeah, skew yeah, yeah. towards multiple partners. Sure. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I love my spouse and I love the, the life that we have and that we do our family. Are you um, the, in, in, I know I'm not. And I'm just like, <laughs> what in the fuck? How immediately you're yeah. just like, I love my spouse. I love my, I mean, because it's, it very much speaks to kind of my situation. Um, I, my, my spouse and I, we got married and we agreed to a monogamous relationship. Um, I am, I'm, I, you know, in, in my inside, I am, I am polyamorous, um, but I've committed to a relationship that is monogamous with my partner. Um, and that's really the, the, the cut and dry bits of it. Um, it's, I guess not what you're willing to sacrifice or give up, um, Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to try to form this thought that I've got. Uh, if you have anything you want to, to to speak on at the moment, but I uh, so I mean, first and foremost, I just want to say that uh, to this individual, um, your your feelings and your sexual identity is valid, and it's important that you accept that and accept yourself. So I don't know if they're struggling with that identity themselves, but it's okay to have these feelings. Uh, and and to to you know acknowledge that you skew in one direction or another um, with sexual orientation or relationship preference or anything like that. Uh, so I just want to say that to this individual. Um, but also, uh, it, I mean, Chris, you mentioned going into a relationship uh, with a sort of set of rules or like boundaries. And that's like an agreed upon thing, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what a relationship is. On that note, I, I kind of had the epiphany as as you were talking. Um, I recommend to this listener you talk to your partner. Yeah, first that was going to be my next thing. Yeah, 
because it's 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 a discussion that you need to have. Um, the longer you keep this a secret, the more it's going to fester. And if you, first, I mean, if, as long as you haven't acted on anything, um, and if you just have this a frank and genuine discussion with them, uh, with your partner, and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this, and I want to discuss it with you about myself, my boundaries." It doesn't change anything about your relationship other than it'll bring you two closer, hopefully. Uh, I mean, hopefully this person is, is open and, 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 and will be receptive to this conversation. Uh, you're not saying you want to run around and immediately fuck other people, but just that you are that you ex- experiencing these feelings and these thoughts, and you should definitely partner with your partner. You know, talk to them. Yeah. I say, like, go into the conversation under the basis of trust and respect. So, like, by telling them what you're feeling, uh, that is a sign of trust. You're trusting them with that information. Um, And also, it kind of enables them to trust you because you came to them with this Mm -hmm. information as well. And it gives you a great opportunity to be able to say, okay, so this, this is how I've been feeling. How do you feel about this? And you can have that conversation about setting those boundaries. You can agree upon, you know, what lines are going to be drawn, um, you know, where your relationship can go. And maybe you will mutually decide to remain monogamous. Maybe there will be an opportunity to, you know, introduce another partner or a third or, you know, something like that. You, You don't know unless you have that conversation with your partner. And go into that conversation without any expectations. Yeah, that's and, very important. And you're not trying to lead the conversation anywhere. You're just trying to have a genuine conversation. And it's not one that you're going to be able to sit down and start and finish in one night. It is an ongoing discussion. Um, you know, just try to, to open that dialogue, really. And it's an ongoing conversation. Just understand that. Um, going into it, it's not a, it's not a problem that to solve in one sitting. Yeah, uh, it is just feelings that you're having and part of your identity and who you are, and you want to share that with this person. You said what little happiness you have. That's that is something I would like to delve further into as well. Anonymous is uh, you know, um, if this person makes you happy, um, and that's that's wonderful, but. You, you, the way you phrase the question is concerning. Um, you know, are you are you suffering because of your your being monogamous? Um, it sounds like that's where they get most of their joy out of life is their relationship, and you know, I don't know if they have a family or not, but mm-hmm. like you know, out of their relationship and their family life. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if if. If you phrase the question in that way, or you phrase the situation in that way, that says to me that you're acknowledging that you have these feelings, but you're also acknowledging that you value your relationship and that you value the situation that you're in. Probably more than the fact that you skew towards polygamy or polyamory. So like earlier you were talking about not necessarily the things that you're willing to sacrifice, but compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, in a relationship and in this case it sounds like it sounds like you've already made your decision that you are willing to compromise this now in an ideal world you would be able to explore all these things Not necessarily. i mean there you have a point and that they, they have made a decision but 
I mean, as time goes on, like, so it depends on when this discovery has happened as well. I mean, if, you know, if... It could if have been they, in the middle of... Right, like, if they realize they are, they have uh, their polyamory, polyamorous leanings uh, after committing to this relationship, um, you know, it's just some, it's, it's like discovering, you know, anything new about yourself. Kind of like how you said you kind of discovered your bisexuality mm-hmm. or really acknowledged it later in your relationship. Right. Like, it was, like I, it was, it was hard for me to really hone in on uh, for a long time in my life. And so I couldn't really be sure. I mean, like, there, there was experimentation then beyond experimentation. Um, but, yeah, to really admit that, I mean, I was, the first person I admitted it to was my spouse because I was comfortable with them and I loved them. So that's a really great person to talk to is your partner. Um, and that's really the, the, the basis of it. If, now, if you're concerned that they are going to leave you because of this conversation, that's a whole other conversation. I mean, yeah. you know, like, um, does that person really love you for you? I mean, you're not, I'm not saying there's ultimatums or anything, but... If that's a concern, you know, again, you're not going to act on these things. It's just something that you need to share with them and the feelings that you're having. Um, yeah, I mean, this is also, when you bring this up, this is just a conversation. Right. This there's, is there's not no an admittance to, to cheating or something. Right. Exactly. At least as yeah. far as I can understand from the way that this was submitted, mm-hmm. this is just a feeling that you're having, not necessarily something that you've acted on. So, I. Uh, if that's the case, then this is just a conversation. Right. This is you, you. You shouldn't feel guilty, and your partner, you know, shouldn't feel insecure about you just opening up and having this conversation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And actually, we had a bit of advice submitted by a listener. Okay. Um, that may help you. Um, so this is from Celeste, and she says. My fiance Cody and I have been going to premarital counseling, and our counselor. There's my shitty handwriting. Jesus Christ, and and our counselor told us that the foundation of a relationship is respect, and she has yet to have anything successfully challenge that. If you don't respect each other, there is no relationship. Um, so keep that in mind when having this conversation as well. Um, respect your partner and their boundaries when you know you have this conversation, but also. I think that it's reasonable that you, um, you know, receive that same respect yeah. back. Um, so, you know, as as Celeste's premarital counselor <laughs> suggests, um, I do think respect is the foundation of any successful relationship. Does that counselor stop counseling them once they become married? Are I they think all, so. Do they only do premarital counseling? I mean, I don't know if that's what they only do, but but that's what premarital counseling is. Right, but I'm saying, is that person a specialized premarital counselor? Like, they don't talk to married couples, only to couples that are about know. to be married. <laughs> and then once they're married, they just... It's it. Yeah, don't ever fucking call me again. <laughs> I'm not I your counselor God, I'm not your counselor. Go to a marriage counselor yeah, now. <laughs> get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> Pay your bill. Uh, thank you, Celeste, for uh, that piece of advice and that yeah. comment. And thank uh, you, Anonymous. And thank you very much, For opening Anonymous. up to us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... If you need to, to if, if we haven't answered the question, uh, if there's a bit uh, more information that we need to answer that, let us know. Let us know how the conversation goes. Yeah. Or if you haven't, if you don't have the conversation, keep the information coming. We'd love to hear more 
We'd love to have you on the show. We'll be you can still remain anonymous. Yep. All yeps. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, uh, do we have time for another? Sure. You think? Okay. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know the questions. They're fucking. Been, they've been amazing. Uh, yeah, this is really. I kind of like how they they seem to kind of link together, okay. which is magical to me. Uh, but let's kind of let's shift it a little bit. <laughs> I love how they all went together. Let's shift. Yeah, but it. fuck that. But fuck the, the, um, the line we're drawing. This one, I, I think this is interesting. They're all interesting. But uh, every time this one, I feel like uh, I don't know. I'm curious what your what your take is. Uh, but anyway, so this is from Lindy, and she's she wants us to talk about age difference in relationships. Um, she said specifically, my boyfriend is almost ten years older than me. Mm-hmm. And she wants us to kind of, you know, talk about that. Sure. So, uh, any thoughts on age difference in relationships? Okay, Stephen. Now, before when I said I hadn't seen these questions, it's, that's accurate. I haven't seen any of these. But I really feel like you're picking on me. I... Uh, th- these were given to me. <laughs> okay. I did not so, steer anyone in any direction. Again, my spouse is eight years younger than me. Um, and there's definitely something to be said for, uh, you know, engaging in a relationship, uh, with a big age difference. If, if one side is very young, I'd say, you know, under uh, like 21, probably. Um, I, I don't know. That's, again, that's society. You know, that's, that's society answering that question to, to have the earlier callback. Um. They are all linked. They're, they're, they're still linked. Is, yeah, well, that, that's a big one. I mean, like, society yeah. is that's a societal question. It's massive. We live in a society. We live in a society. Um, <laughs> so, if I had to guess, the male is older and the female is younger. I, I think she specifically says this. My boyfriend is almost 10 years, 10 years older, older, yeah. So, generally... I'm just, I'm just speaking generally. Generally, men are not ma- as mature as women uh, at the same age level. There is a, a vast difference in, in levels of maturity. Uh, is that for real? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, from what I've seen in my life experiences, yeah. I mean. Huh. Yeah. Um, so there, that's, there's a general theme there. Uh, so maybe your boyfriend's mental age is right is, is on par with yours probably yeah I mean, it's the, like, interesting right um, so that's definitely a factor it's a thing um, the older you get the less it matters I can tell you that um, but when you're you know when you're in your teens and early 20s there that's a, a big difference in that a lot of life experience happens in those, those are formative years uh, that really impact who you are especially out of high school yeah. So it's dangerous, uh, and I knew my spouse uh, at an early age. I, mean, I met her when she was seventeen, but we did not get into a relate. We remained friends for many years. I think maybe uh, quite a few years before we engaged in any, any relationship um, that was beyond friendship. Um, and kind of, kind of for that reason, I mean, we both had an attraction to each other early on. Uh, I, I think I'm safe to admit that for for them. As well as myself, uh, but we never really acted on it or acknowledged it, um, and partly for me because of, of their age. You know, I want to make sure that they knew what they were getting into, and I wanted to make sure I was ready. But um, 
Yeah, no, the older you get, the fr- who, who gives a shit? I mean, if you talk to your parents uh, or other people's parents, there's usually a, a massive, they're, they're not usually, but they're often... It's more common. It's Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll commonly find my parents massive are, age gaps. My parents are 10 years apart. Right. It's, yeah. yeah, no one gives a shit. Like, you know, like after 30, it's you're just old, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of interesting that, like, age is such an important thing in until your until you're old, right? Until you're, and, then, and then you're just fucking old. Uh, like, how so? Yeah, I I think a lot of that has to do with yeah, kind of mental development, but mm-hmm. also like physical development and legality. Uh, but like once once everyone, kind of like what you said, around thirty, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, there's, like honestly, so, I would say like twenty five. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, eight years at twenty five is. What seventeen? Well, I'm thinking in the other direction. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, 25, <laughs> like 25, 25 32. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like once, once the youngest person is twenty five. Sure, a right. Then fuck, yeah, they like, could be ninety. I don't care. It's because yeah, there's a certain amount of life experience that you that I feel is kind of important to have. As far as if you're entertaining the idea of a long term monogamous relationship, because those are experiences that again you're tethered to somebody else and you're making commitments to them. Um, and there's also kind of a, uh, a, a stop in maturity or slowing in maturity that can happen when you're with somebody else, like, cause you kind of grow together Yeah. you have shared experiences and sometimes you grow apart and that shit happens. Um, do you think that people tend to like speed up to match somebody? Like if somebody's older than them? Mm-hmm. No. Like, I mean, do I... you think in, like if an 18 year old were dating a 50 year old, do you think the 18 year old would end up becoming more mature 18 to 50 to 50 yeah no i think just as like a thought I think experiment 50 year old is going to manipulate them and mold them into what they want hmm. like yeah that that 18 kind of year old yeah sorry <laughs> i mean honestly it's because they the 50 year old has has got uh, almost it's two and a half times their life experience you know, it's it's they they've lived their life and a second one and then some, so you they know how to navigate their reality. <laughs> and an eighteen yeah. year old is just stepping foot into the actual world. Yeah. Like you know, you haven't you haven't done shit at eighteen. You think you have. You think you're big tough shit. Even if you had a rough life that is uncommon and outside of the the, the beaten path, and you've seen some shit. Um, it doesn't make you ready, <laughs> you know, for for life necessarily. Um, so yeah, beyond your formative years, no one gives a crap. I mean, take your time, be careful. I don't know, you know, the actual your ages between you two, so I can't speak to your situation specifically. But in a generic sense, once you're older, it doesn't fucking matter. If you're younger, proceed with caution on both ends, um, because. If, and there's this, there's this thing going, there's always the, the, the older person's the predator, and, and that's, because that more often is the case, but if the older person... It's a person, bit of a stereotype, right, though. If the older person, right, it is a stereotype. If the older person is genuine and just loves, loves the younger person, that's great, but that older person needs to be careful as well, because young people, they still don't know the fuck they want. Like, they don't know who they are or what they want. Well, there could also be the idea of, like, like being a gold digger, or like... Uh, like yeah. you hear the story of like the twenty year old who's dating the, the elderly yeah, right, right, right. guy yeah. who's 
you know, buying the Steam cards and giving them the, the codes over the internet. <laughs> it ran into that a lot at retail. Gotcha. There, there was this, this poor, like, he had to be like 80 years old, and he would come in with a cane really slowly, barely mm-hmm. able to talk, and he would buy Steam cards mm-hmm. for the, the computer so he could download computer games. And just making small talk, I was like, oh, what game are you interested in downloading? Uh, and, you know, I'm like, Steam always has these awesome sales, whatever. And he's like, oh, no, they're not for me. It's for my girlfriend. Nice. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, your girlfriend. What games does she play? And he's like, I don't know. She lives in a different country. And I'm sure. like, oh. Well, that, that, <laughs> see, you're, you're putting your own societal judgments on that. I mean, like, if she is giving him what... what he wants and she and he's giving you know if it, it doesn't necessarily have to be about a traditional love that we understand yeah i mean and that's fair that's totally fair right. uh however that's a well-known scam absolutely <laughs> um but like with that being said uh this is a random little story i guess mm-hmm. um there was I, I don't know the details because i'm really bad with names but uh there was this like service back in the day where people could um if there was like a woman that you could chat with by sending in these letters kind of like early online chat rooms, but they were handwritten letters. So you would send a letter to to a, a sexy woman that you would find in this catalog, basically, mm-hmm. and she would write back. And um, these these usually older guys would be writing to the these... Uh, they would think that they were younger women. Uh, handwritten letters back and forth. Mm-hmm. They would believe they were in a relationship. They would end up sending money... Mm-hmm. Um, turns out it was one guy mm-hmm. in his basement making a living mm-hmm. off of convincing multiple older guys that they were in these loving relationships that were long mm-hmm. distance. And they would send like like photographs uh, back and forth, uh, provocative photos. Mm-hmm. And they were just things that he like stole yeah. or he would have like he would pay for photo shoots of other women and things yeah. like that. Um, but the interesting tidbit is the men found out and they were told that they were not talking to who they thought they were talking to. It was just some some guy who was just saying whatever they wanted to hear so that they would send money. And most of the men still wrote. Yep. Most of the men stayed in this quote-unquote relationship. Yep. Um, and, I mean, it is a relationship. And none of that surprises me. Like, none, <laughs> like, I am not shocked by any of that information because of we live in a society. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, it's it's role play, but right. that's still something meaningful for Absolutely. somebody. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know that's not necessarily related to the to the age thing, but um, still, it's to just that, it's, it's the it's aspect still of that, that relationship. Yeah. Um, that is a tangent of of understanding a relationship and a dynamic of you know, of a back and forth, uh, which is where that that stem came from, but. To, to, for this listener, I can only say just proceed with caution depending on your age. But if you're older than, like, you know, 20, if you, if you feel you have lived enough life and have had enough experiences uh, on your own, whether that's... I, I always recommend before having a child that you travel. Travel, travel, travel. I Go out that. and see the fucking world. I mean, I suggest that in general. Just travel. It's a lot harder once you have a kid. It's a lot fucking harder once you have a child. So travel a lot before you have kids. And there's just levels of commitment. I mean, like before you, you know, get an, a pet, you should travel. Before, you know, like before, you know, it's... There's little little tests you can do to see if you're ready for different stages of life. But um, just travel and fucking see the world and do things. 
um, and proceed with caution. You know, if you both love each other, it's fucking great. And who gives a fuck about what anybody else says? Unless you're a minor, then please, Jesus, don't have sex with, uh, don't break the law. Yeah, uh, if if you're writing in and you're 12, uh, first of all... <laughs> then call the police! First of all, this show is is supposed to have an 18 year For the love audience. of God, don't listen to this show and call, call the police! The uh, but no, yeah, if if you feel safe, and if, you, if you're happy with the relationship, and all of your needs and wants are met, uh, or at least most of them, if you're comfortable with the ratio of needs and wants being met, then it's fine. Fuck what anybody else thinks. This is your life. This is your relationship. You make the rules uh, for yourself. So so there's that. Um, I I genuinely wish you the best. I hope that everything is is fine and, and that you two love each other and continue to love each other. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, age difference is perfectly fine, uh, you know, within the realm of... <laughs> yeah, there's always the disclaimer, like, yeah, I mean... Of legality. Yeah. Uh, you know, at base level, but ideally, you know, like what Chris was saying, uh, you want to kind of have those checks and balances of, you know, are you at that maturity level? Uh, do you do you believe that you have... It's, and I, I, see, I think there's stigmas on maturity level. Like, you know, when, when you're immature, people tell you that you're not mature enough, and that will piss you the fuck off. Yeah, I mean, immature. I guess... So I like, equated, experience Yeah, I, I equate it to, have you, it, like, have you experienced enough life on your own to know who you are and what you want, truly? And you believe that's never going to change. Because let me little fucking clue for you you always believe that's never going to change and it does yeah everybody's always all the changing time. All, you're always changing always evolving all the time and so once you're comfortable with that then you know but and that's that's assuming that you're going to be in a long term monogamous relationship right ultimately there's always there's always fucking ifs and, and hypotheticals asterisks but yeah, but yeah bare, bare bones if you've lived enough life doesn't matter age difference love is love and embrace it. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on. Boop. Boop. Thank you again, everybody, for writing in. Yes, uh, thank you so much for your questions. And, and thank comments. you for listening. We hope to do more of this in the future. Keep, Please keep your comments and questions coming. We'd love to hear, hear them. Love to have them. Yeah. Thanks again. Love, love, love. Sorry if I just mooned you. Nope. <laughs> you didn't, and don't be sorry if you did. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Podcast with Benefits. If you enjoyed this show, please rate, follow, and or subscribe to The Podcast with Benefits wherever podcasts are distributed. Please reach out to us by writing an email to bemorethanfriends at gmail.com, commenting on mtfproductions.com, or finding us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash be more than friends one day we hope to do this for a living to help make that dream come true please donate what you can to our show at mtfproductions.com your donations help us purchase better equipment fund more merchandise and hold events please share this show with a friend that you love thank you